Good evening, listeners. We greet you in the wonderful name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I am Mark Labram, an elder in Living Waters Fellowship in Tableview, and my wife Delina is here with me in the studio. Please greet the listeners. Good evening, listeners. It's a pleasure to be here. The title of my sermon this evening is Abundant Life. And it's taken from John 10, verse 10. Jesus said, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Our pro-life ministry is also called Abundant Life. And I'll be speaking about the pro-life issue today. I'll also be giving our phone number later. So if you'd like to get a, a pen and paper ready, then you can take it down. I know that it can be a very emotional subject. So for those who have not heard about it before, we pray that the Holy Spirit will minister to your hearts today. What does an abundant life mean? Abundant means plentiful, abounding in fullness of joy and strength of spirit, soul, and body. It is the opposite of lack, emptiness, and dissatisfaction. That sounds great, and in one way, it certainly is. But we are still in the cosmic battle between good and evil. So I also want to point out that if anyone had an abundant life, it was the Apostle Paul. He said about his critics in 2 Corinthians 11 verses 23 to 27. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In death often. From the Jews five times. I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils in waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of the Gentiles in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. You get the idea, Paul certainly had an abundant life for Christ. He suffered all these trials, yet he was able to say in Philippians 4 verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say, Rejoice! We not, do not promise that it will be easy for women in crisis pregnancies to choose to keep their babies, but it will result in an abundant life. 
If I must summarize everything that I've learned about pro-life in one sentence, it would be life and death and truth and lies. In Deuteronomy 30 verse 19, God says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both you and your descendants may live. Abortion is really an issue of life and death, so we cannot just sit on the fence. In John 8 verse 44, Jesus says of the devil, He was a murderer from the beginning, and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So the abortion industry uses lies and deceit to convince women in crisis pregnancies to choose death as the so-called easy option. It is not, as many women have testified. God's word is the truth, and in Genesis it explains how sex was God's idea. But within the safe boundaries of marriage, one man and one woman for life, loving and supporting each other, and bringing up children that also love and serve the Lord. This has been the basis of civilization for centuries. Of course, the devil has tried his best to pervert this, and now the world says, that there are many genders. You can sleep around with whoever you want with no consequences. Marriage can mean anything you like and biological men can take part in women's sports. And nowadays, if you don't agree with all these forms of madness, like I don't, then you are considered terribly nasty and discriminatory. The other lie is that there are too many people in the world and on the Georgia Guidestones, which have now been demolished, the globalists carved in stone their plans to wipe out 95% of the world's population. But God did not make a mistake. There would be plenty of food to go around if it were not for corrupt and evil governments and globalists driving farmers off their land, like they're trying to do in Holland and Belgium, and have tried to do here in South Africa for many years, and have succeeded in doing in Zimbabwe. These people don't love the planet. They use climate change as an excuse. Instead, they just hate ordinary people. Proverbs 8 verse 36 says, All who hate me, Love death. In Abundant Life Ministry, we believe in life from conception to natural death. We are also against euthanasia for the sick or elderly. We promote marriages and families 
and we support women in crisis pregnancies and provide Christian counseling. Our ministry number, if you would like to take it down, is 073-837-2482. I repeat, 073-837-2482. Now, our journey in pro-life started about 27 years ago when we heard about the life chain organized by Africa Christian Action. And since our children were very young, Deline suggested that I go along and see what these people were doing and tell, and tell her if they were crazy or not. I went and could happily report back that not only were they not crazy, but that we could join them again the next year, which we did as a family. And Deline and I have gone every year since, also joining in the pro-life march and prayer meeting outside Parliament. We are convinced that life is created by God and that it is precious. Life in this country has become very cheap. Murders take place every day. If the mother's womb is not even safe anymore, how safe is it anywhere else? God's word is clear. Life begins at conception. Jeremiah 1 verse 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I know you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. And Isaiah 49 verses 1 and 5 says, The Lord who called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, he made me. The Lord who formed me from the womb to be his servant. David wrote in Psalm 139 verses 13 to 16, For you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. With ultrasound scans, we can now see the preborn baby in the womb. And if woman considering an abortion are given the opportunity to see the baby, most decide against abortion. Abortion is murder. However, when Christians are worried to speak out against it, they can also sometimes inadvertently prevent those who have had abortions the opportunity to repent and find healing and forgiveness in Christ. It does not matter how great your sin if you repent and trust in Jesus, he will not turn you away. What a great Savior! Nine years ago, we started the Abundant Life Ministry. And with a few other Christians, we started praying 
out, outside, uh, one Saturday a month outside the Mary Stopes abortion clinic in Bree Street. Proverbs 24 verses 11 to 12 says, Rescue those who are being led away to death. Hold back those who are staggering towards slaughter. If you say we knew nothing about this, does not he who weighs your heart perceive it? We had many experiences there, and after six years the Lord closed this clinic for good. During this time we realized that the most vulnerable women in crisis pregnancies have really no idea of the extent and pure evil of the multi-billion dollar abortion industry. Movies such as Unplanned, the true story of Abby Johnson, a former Planned Parenthood director who ran an abortion clinic but is now a pro-life activist, and Gosnell, the true story of America's biggest mass murderer, shed more light on this. Pagan nations practice child sacrifice, and that is what abortion is. Killing babies is also very lucrative. Most abortionists will admit that they do it for the money. Proverbs 16 verse 25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Do we have any success? Is it worth fighting for life? Well, the Roe vs. Wade decision on 25th of June last year was monumental, ending 50 years of abortion in many states in the United States of America. Unfortunately, too late for the 65 million babies aborted just in the United States alone. People have prayed for years for this. It is really a miracle on the scale of the fall of the Berlin Wall or the end of slavery. And we thank God for that. We have personally seen God close two abortion clinics. And we know of children that are alive today because their mothers chose life. Also in our congregation. Why should Christians in South Africa be involved in pro-life? Well, as I've already said, it is a matter of life and death. The leading cause of death in this country is abortion. About 100,000 babies are killed every year by abortion, over three times more than the next biggest killer, which is tuberculosis, TB. TB kills about 27,000 people a year, and over 100,000 babies are aborted. Over 2 million babies have been aborted in South Africa since the Termination of Pregnancy Bill was passed on 1 February 1997. Now to put this into perspective, during the COVID pandemic we had daily updates on the deaths on every media station. Yet twice as many people are killed every single year by abortions. And when did you hear anything said about that? <laughs> Yes, tonight. Proverbs 31 verse 8 says, Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Life has become very cheap in South Africa. If pre-born babies, the most innocent and vulnerable members of society, can be callously killed every day with taxpayers' money, why should we be surprised if people are murdered for their cell phones or even their tackies? We need to repent as a country and as individuals.
2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, If my people, called by my name, that means Christians, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. We desperately need repentance and revival in this country. The alternative is physical and spiritual darkness. What else needs to be done? The government needs to repent of bringing in this evil abortion law and repeal it. Doctors and nurses need to resist pressure and kill life instead of preserve it. Parents need to teach their children of the dangers of promiscuous sex and biblical sex education must be used instead of the disgusting sex education being promoted by government and supported by the abortion providers. Pastors and other Christians need to preach on and support biblical pro-life issues. Adoption should be made easier and cheaper. Of course, we must never forget that there are many unsung hero heroes, like grandmothers looking after their daughter's unwanted child, the, crisis, uh, the Christian crisis pregnancy centers, the adoption agencies, the good medical staff that even face persecution for their stand, and the steadfast pastors who preach the truth in love. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Amen. So, Deline, we've watched a good movie lately. Yes, and I've watched Life Mark twice now, and it just gets better. Tell us about it. We were blessed that we could preview the movie, Life Mark, and it is about a few families and how adoption intersects their lives. It was produced by the Kendrick Brothers in partnership with Kirk Cameron and directed by Kevin Peoples. Those are great names in Christian filmmaking. They also brought us Fireproof, Courageous and War Room. Yes, I enjoyed them all. It is based on a true story, a documentary, that you can see on YouTube. And it goes like this. David Colton is a high school senior looking forward to college. He likes wrestling and he has a best friend, Nate, who is a budding videographer who films everything. <laughs> but David is not exactly like everyone else and not many other people are in on his secret. It is not that he is ashamed of it, but he is adopted, although his adoptive parents are the best a teen can hope for as they love, support and encourage him. As his best friend, Nate, is trusted with this secret. His mother, Susan, reminds him on his 18th birthday that he is now legally allowed to contact his birth mother, Melissa. Melissa, at the very same time, is wondering 
if he might just do that. She thought about him every day for 18 years, fears that he might reject her. She told her husband, Sean, he probably hates me. But Melissa takes a leap of faith anyway to update her contact information at the adoption agency. And with a bit of nudging from Susan, David's adoptive mother, David does indeed get in touch with Melissa. Ever so slowly through texts and social media posts, Melissa and the young man she gave up for adoption nearly two decades earlier begin to get to know each other. One day, David decides he's going to meet his birth mother face to face and maybe his birth father, a man, man named Brian, who split up with Melissa years before and who has been more hesitant to reconnect. And every step of the way, Nate would be there to chronicle David and Melissa's tender story, one that's based on real-life events. This sounds like a great pro-life movie. It is a great example of how Christians can be the salt and light in society, as our program is titled. Indeed. The movie gives us an intimate glimpse of what it might feel like to make the courageous decision for adoption on both sides of the decision. The result is a movie that will, as the Kendricks films often do, pull a tear or two out of the viewer's eyes. As it deepens our perception on this complex subject, LifeMark shows us that the decision to choose life, to choose a better life for a baby, is both a difficult and redemptive decision. Watching Melissa's story especially prompted an ache in my heart. How hard it must have been for her. Yet how beautiful and life-giving the outcome. And also, if we obey our Lord and Saviour, He will take care of the outcome. It is very much a faith in action chronicle. Yes, indeed. So how do people get to watch it? At this moment in time, they can buy it from Take A Lot or they can stream it. So, Deline, what are we doing on the 1st of February? We are remembering and honoring the pre-born babies that were aborted in 2022. We do it through the March for Life to Parliament it is a solemn and serious funeral march to mark the terrible slaughter of the innocent in our country. Christians would like to remind the public that since the 1st of February 1997, over 2 million preborn babies have been legally aborted in South Africa. We will intercede for the children and families the church and medical professionals, and others. We will proclaim the truth and pray for justice to roll out like a river and righteousness 
like an ever-flowing stream. We hunger for righteousness and justice and we pray against the darkness physically, spiritually and mentally in the nation. We will pray for the light of the gospel to enlighten our nation and for the church to come out in numbers to take a stand against the evil of abortion on demand. Where does this march start, Deline? Uh, in Hanover Street, just below the University of Technology. Starts at 12.30 and it is a solemn procession, as I said before. Wear dark or black clothes and bring some flowers if you can. There will also be posters and tracts available. The prayer meeting outside Parliament starts at 1 and as soon, as soon as the funeral procession has arrived. If you can't make the March for Life and you work in town, you can still attend the prayer meeting outside Parliament. Yes, that's a good idea for everyone in um, in town. They can uh, just, uh, during their lunchtime, come and join the prayer meeting. Um, thank you, Deline. Um, would you mind closing for us in prayer, please? Not at all. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, we come to you and thank you for the opportunity we had to bring this message this today. And we pray for the radio station Tigerberg and we're praying for Frontline Fellowship. And we pray that this message will be spread far and wide and that sensitive hearts will hear it. That this ears and eyes of the heart will open up and that there will be a positive response. And that mothers in crisis pregnancies with unwanted pregnancies will turn to you, Lord. We pray this in your mighty name. We ask, Lord, that you will have mercy upon us, on our country, on our people, and that you will, your grace will save us, Lord, from this terrible slaughter of innocence. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, listeners. Just um, to remind you, our number, our pro-life number is 73 837-2482. Thank you. God bless and goodbye.